so Jonathan, why do you think so many people are having trouble meeting people today and finding a, you know, a girlfriend? I think it all boils down to technology. So what's happened is that every time something small happens, it goes viral. So every time you see those videos where a woman posts that a guy at the gym is being creepy, and very often he's not, but they post a picture of the guy, everyone figures out who the guy is, and it dramatically affects his life in a negative way. I can tell you, I've been with the gym at my trainer. We saw a girl filming, and we were like, oh. I don't want to be in the background. Because it's, it's the punishment is so big, right? And there's always that thing when you look at it, There's two factors. It's like the risk of something bad happening and how bad it actually is. And because it's so big, and it's why men are afraid to talk to women at the gym now, right? Then if you try to talk to women at work... Well, you can get fired, right? Your career is over. And if you try to talk to women in a bar, they did a study, and I think like a large percentage of women think that men, if a man approaches a woman anywhere, it's creepy. And the other half of women are like, why won't anyone approach me? And it's like, guys don't know. So it's very understandable that guys are like, well, I don't, that's why everyone's meeting on apps. They all hate the apps, but it's like, well, you're not allowed to meet in person because there's a very high risk that a woman will shoot a video of you or do something really dramatic now that didn't exist 10 years ago. And because we see a lot of that content where women go, I can't believe a guy just spoke to me in the parking lot outside the gym. And it's like, well, yeah, there's a huge difference to me. Yeah, you see, I think it's a tiny percentage that's happening. But like you said, you see them, they're exactly. visible, right? So that's the thing. There's this huge, and the way they always describe it is never true. Because she's like, there's a huge difference between a parking lot outside a grocery store and a parking garage in the middle of the night. And they conflate the two things. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> one of them, yes, that's a scary yeah. place. But the other one, I can always tell them, like, she's modifying the story. Like, speaking to someone in an open-air parking lot where everyone can see you, that, to me, that's not nearly as scary as the staircase of a parking garage, right? And that's important to say, well, if I can't talk to you there, I can't talk to you at the gym, I can't talk to you at school, if I talk to you, even women will complain, I can't believe a guy spoke to me in a bar, and then they post about it, and it's like, well, but then there's women, the same women, you always see them posting all this social media content, why can't I meet a guy, why doesn't anyone approach me, and it's like, well, you've created a scenario, especially people are afraid of a miscommunication or something going wrong or that it's not very common, but the fear is caused by a few incidents. Like how many people actually got accused of stuff during the me too thing, like a hundred or 200 and, but millions of people got scared. They were going to get picked, especially because then it turned out not everyone was guilty. Some of them absolutely. And some of them not. And they got found not guilty two years later, three years later, the women go, oh, I made it up. That's a scary thing. So we live in a world where, there's a lot of more danger now. Additionally, there's a lot of false accusation stuff. I know people that have been through that. And I know someone that went all the way to trial and then the woman accidentally pointed and accused the wrong person. She mixed up who she was accusing really? and that's how he got off. The, she goes, huh. and it was like... Well, she was accusing the judge, but he was probably guilty. She pointed to a witness and she goes, that's the guy. And the judge goes, last time you pointed to a different oh, guy wow. in the lineup, like she'd mixed it. It's a really big deal. So it's oh, really wow. scary for men. Oh. There's a lot of reasons for men to be scared and it's totally legitimate. You just have to go through with a release form. And if you're going to talk to a girl, oh. you give her the pad or an e-signature. She signs it. It's not, you know. you're not that far off because now there's this thing like in certain states, they have affirmative consent where you have to ask for each step. Can I hold your hand? Can I kiss you? But at the same time, you're not allowed to ask, hey, are you 
a one really a woman? Are you an OG woman? Are you like? But who, nobody's going to do that. You know, there are all these rules, but I mean, I think men and women still conduct themselves yeah, it's, according to what you have always to have more. So mostly. that's that fear and stuff is why people are having trouble forming relationships. Yeah. The answer okay, is fair to enough. Okay. realize it's a massive opportunity and to find a way to start conversations without okay. being creepy. And then you're just, there's so much opportunity. I, I don't think if you have good intentions, you know, and you don't do really stupid things, good judgment, you're going to be creepy. But I think the problem today is that um, everybody's doing this. It's very hard. Everyone's on their phones all the time when they're out in public. So you have to get past that. You just have to get past that, you know. Yeah, I think that a lot of people, because of technology, they're forming parasocial relationships. So I know that people... What happens is they get so used to forming relationships with people online that they don't know how to, and this is something I went through actually. When I was, my online experience was back in the AOL days. So you would actually only text message people, but you couldn't even do voice. You couldn't do pictures. No one had digital cameras and it, it messed up how you talk to people. And that's what happens. And there's people that have these really pseudo relationships where like, Oh, I'm friends with this person online that I follow. I watch their videos. I give them money, whether it's a man or woman. Right. And you miss right. socialize. And this, for me, most of my socialization came from movies. I'll give you an example, a very specific example. Every single sitcom about a family has the episode where the wife finds out that the husband tells his friends that she nags them all the time. Like a, Everyone has that episode at some point, right? It comes up in every episode. It's been coming up since, like, I Love Lucy days. And it doesn't happen in real life. It's not what we... No. But what happens is we see it in real life, and then we end up repeating that in our own lives without realizing what we're doing. We don't realize that we're repeating something that's not real. This is why people go on dates and they act inappropriately because they've seen it in a bunch of movies. Now, when you see a date in a movie, they go to a restaurant... The movie scene is two minutes or three minutes long, but it seems like it's a three-hour... They cut out two hours and 57 minutes of it, right? They cut out 99% of the content. That's why you're just seeing the highlights. Then you go and try and replicate that date. It's really hard because you don't realize, wait, I've only seen three minutes of a three-hour date. I don't actually know what to do. So a lot of the things we do, we're replicating things that we don't fully understand and we don't realize why the mistake is happening. And it just takes a while to figure those things out because you don't know why it's not working and you don't realize, Oh, I've learned this from a place that's not real. Most people who write movies do not have healthy relationships. Okay. That's not who's sitting in those writers right. rooms. It that's hasn't true. been that way since the 1960s. That's very true. So what you're getting is you're conflating education with entertainment. This is something I had to learn myself. When I went through this process, I was like, why do I do things that are weird? And you accidentally are, and I, would, I used to get into fights. I go, this is a fight from a TV show. And I would realize that's what's <laughs> happening. And we all, so whatever media you consume affects you to the point where it, does, it will affect you. Like you'll repeat scenes and repeat arguments, repeat, because you think that's normal because you've seen it so much without realizing that it's not something you saw your parents do. The second big problem is that everyone's parents are liars. So here's the ultimate test. If you go to your parents and say, hey, I want to find a girlfriend, what should I do? 
ask your dad this question. He'll give you an answer and say, is that how you met mom? And the answer is always no. I've never met someone who asks their parents that, and the answer is yes. Parents always lie because they don't want to admit like the weird way they met or whatever happened. And that is the problem is that they don't give you real data. So you have one, the one source of real data is lying to you. And the one source of a lot of data is also lying to you. So it's really hard. You can't get that real data. So it's actually hard. And then this two different things. And it's like, well, the same reason we have created a culture where what, after you turn 22, you don't meet new people. It's like, you don't make new friends. You don't, it's hard. the same way you don't meet friends. You don't, it's really hard. Exactly. Unless you're in a forced social situation, it's really hard to meet new people. And what you have to understand is that dating apps are not designed to get you a relationship. That's the opposite of how they're programmed. They're designed like gambling. What they do is they want you to live in a state where you get enough dates that you stay and keep paying where you don't actually get matched with someone who you would fall in love with and then leave the app because then they lose their money. So you have to understand that the apps mathematically and scientifically and their entire business model relies on their customers staying there and never finding that great relationship. And it's always been the way. So speaking, speaking of this, I have this, uh, this 25-year-old woman. She says that I never had a relationship. 25 years old, never had a relationship, went on some dates, didn't even kiss. I don't know what's wrong with me. So, um, you know, uh, I'm going into studying. It's going to be quite a lot of uh, studying and all of that. And I'm going to be graduating when I'm 29. And I'm thinking that all that studying, all that working, I'm not going to have any time to meet anybody. And so what I'm wondering is this. Am I going to regret this? Is there any advice that you have? And I thought this was kind of a common thing and sort of a sad thing, too. Uh, but you would think that this woman, assuming that there's nothing completely wrong with her, like she has an eye in her middle of her forehead, you'd think that she would have the pick of the litter. She's at her prime, 25. You know, men are falling all over themselves to date women, apparently. So there's the point of view of this woman who can't get a date, can't even kiss, nothing happens. And my response would be, yes, I think you will regret it. I think that you will. There was an earlier generation of women, really about my age, that started to go into the workforce and they didn't raise a family. They didn't get married till they got their sort of career launched. And most of them never got a family. Many of them are still single and they didn't have children and they regret it, frankly. Most of them regret it. Now there's a new generation of women that are falling for the same line. I'm not saying women shouldn't have a career and shouldn't be focused on their their work to a degree, but I think that you're much, much, much better off and happier if you can meet somebody, have a family, and start having children in your 20s. And if it's waiting till you're in your 30s, and you think, well, I'm going to go to school, I'm going to get this degree, I'm going to do it, then I'm going to do it. A lot of times you'll find out when you're in your 30s, all the men are already married to somebody. Maybe they're uh, on another marriage, but they're not interested in someone in their 30s. So, you know, it's hard. I would definitely say that you will regret it and that you should be working on a relationship. What do you think? Yeah, I think that anytime a woman's not getting dates, not in a relationship, it's she's actively doing something. Because yeah. You can see. It doesn't What are the most common things? Like what's the one thing she's probably doing to repel men? I think she's actively 
saying no when men ask her out. I think she's doing things that mm-hmm. there's things you can do. And she probably is not on any dating website. She's not on doing anything in. If you put up like a mean face, if you have resting mean face, I know that's not the real name for it. That's something that you have to deal yeah. with. One RBF thing <laughs> that if you don't know and you can make a difference, if you just change that, which means you just add a one to five to 10% smile, like just a little, you'll get a massive change in results. And I've tested this because I have done things where I project friendliness and people ask me for directions all the time. So oh, yeah. when I don't, you make no things happen does. this way. I can actually, yeah. you can affect yeah. the universe. So I know, I know. I knew this girl. She was a daughter of some friends of ours and uh, she was very pretty actually, but she had a very, very unapproachable vibe to her. Very unapproachable vibe. And she hardly had anybody ever expressing interest. And I think that if she had simply visualized men talking to her and, and tried to, like you said, a little 10%, a little more of a smile, a little moment extra eye contact, she would have had all kinds of guys asking her out. It doesn't take that much. The second thing For is woman. that women travel in packs. And yeah. um, there's, in every group of women, whenever they go out on a night out, there's always one woman whose right. job it is to make sure her friend, they all go home together. And she is usually the least attractive woman, not usually, almost always the least attractive woman in the group. And not always accurate, by the way. That's just her perception. So she goes, oh, I'm the ugly one. So I, this is my role. And it's, again, something that comes from movies. And so they create that role. And you will see that they're so busy. Because I've actually walked up, to, men are afraid to walk up to groups of women. It's much more intimidating. If you want men to approach oh, yeah, you, very just walk around by yourself. Very intimidating. Um, the easiest way yeah. to meet tons of men is to just go to the bathroom by yourself. So when you're walking to and from the bathroom, people will talk to you. You just make it easier. You don't have to do anything hard as a woman. But I have walked up to groups of women where that the woman who was doing that is the one I was trying to flirt with. And she was so out yeah. of touch. She was trying to block me from her friends. I was like, I'm flirting with you. I'm really, sometimes because sometimes she's really got a great look to her. There's a lot going on and she just doesn't realize it. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those, uh, was it My Fair Lady moments where you guys know, you don't realize you're amazing. I'm attracted to you. Like, I'm, you're the one I'm talking to. I don't like your friends. And I've seen those women. They're so busy trying to protect their friends. They massively self-sabotage. So um, there's certain things that can happen when you're, if you're not connected with how attractive you are, if you don't have a good self-assessment, if you think you're more attractive than you are or less attractive than you are, you're going to have problems when you're communication. So those right. are the two big things is traveling in groups and then resting mean face. So those are the two things that a woman has to, and mm-hmm. compared to what guys have to do to meet women, it's like a thousand things, but that can make a huge difference. The one thing I do want to say is that it's not about dating a lot of people. It's about dating a lot of the right people. So I once worked, was coaching with a student and he, we're in a nightclub and talk, he came out and just talk to women, start conversations, nothing major, how to say hello. And it's a singles bar. So everyone's flirting there. When he walks up and just starts making out with this woman, he's the guy's 18 or 19. She's mid forties and she's very heavy, clearly like one or two divorces under her belt. And he just starts making out with her. And I go, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that's your type. Why didn't you tell me that? And he goes, no gross she's gross he goes but practice is practice i was like no everyone in here saw that and everyone goes oh that guy is into that and whatever that is it doesn't matter so whatever type of person you're learn how to kiss is who you're going to get more of so if you 
flirt with women you're not attractive to. You're not doing either of you a favor. It's a disservice to her because it's pretty dishonest and you're doing a disservice to yourself because you're learning the wrong skill. So very important that she doesn't just date for the sake of dating, but she figures out what she wants. And you, it's okay to go on a lot of dates to figure out what you want and just control who you sleep with. That's the secret. Control who you get into relationships with so that you go, okay, I have enough experience to know a good from a bad date. I have enough experience to know what I want and don't want. And that just comes from actually spending time with people. Because everyone makes these lists. I'm sure this lady has a list of what they want and don't want. And nobody ever marries their list because they never work for men or women. So really important to get some experience. But it, it's also interesting that she's like, I'm going to, she's a little bit of late bloomer. She's like, I'm going to go to college at 25. How am I going to meet anyone at college? And college is the easiest place to meet people. When I went and did, I'll tell you what, when I went to do my master's, I went to all of the freshman orientation events. I was meeting tons of people. I made a ton of friends who were 18. So easy And it's college. like, I wasn't even, so difficult like, you're after new college. here. I go, yeah, I'm just, it's my first year as a master's. But they were like, I went to the orientation events. They're technically for all the 18 year olds. I went to all of the things, all of the club events, like meeting everyone. I didn't date. A, I didn't date. I don't think I dated any freshmen. I just I became friends with and I'd see them at nights out all these people because they're having an adventure like yeah I'm moving to a new country I'm having an experience so you can even be older and still have that freshman experience so it's funny that she's like I'm gonna go to college how would I meet anyone at college it's like that's where you the easiest place well I think what she really is asking is uh should I bother is this is my plan is to be focused on my studies and not meet anybody that's my plan that's what she's it's a saying. bad plan and is that a good idea? And I go, well, it's not a good idea. No. So wait right. until you're 29 to have your first relationship. I mean, you're guaranteeing that you will not get married until after it's too old to have kids. Like you're guaranteeing you're going to miss out on that possibility, whether you want it or not. You're kind of. I wouldn't say guaranteeing because you could meet someone at 30 or 31 and get married and have kids. I wouldn't say it's guaranteed, but it's it's, I mean, it's less probable. No, the quality. Sure. What, there's a huge difference between being 29 and 30 as a woman. There's a huge in America and other countries. It's different. I can tell you right now in Japan, that number is 25. I know countries where in Japan, they call a woman Christmas cake. Because no one wants to eat the Christmas cake on the 26th. So once a woman hits 25 and she's not married, she's, they look at her the oh, way really? we look at a 60 year old woman in the West. Like they're like, she's basically oh. untouchable. Oh. So yeah, I noticed that. Pushing I even younger too. age, but in the West, definitely at 30, there's a huge difference in yeah. how men perceive you. So I mean, you could meet somebody, it's just less probable. So you should be working on this now. And I think relationships are something that you, develop as a skill. Here's a, here's a man. He says, this is an interesting one. He says, I'm starting to think I'm not long-term relationship material. Every single one of my relationships has failed. I never loved when I'm vulnerable. It's always the other side of me that women like the flirt, the tease, the challenge, the bad boy. And, and looking back on that, you know, um, I lost a lot of that. I've settled into being a good guy simping to make her happy because I thought she was worth it. I tried to be both the man who could arouse her with nothing but touch as well as to love and commit to her. But it's been said that when you change for someone, they won't be in love with you anymore after you change. They may say they want you to change, but they won't like the result. So we all play to our strengths. And I wonder if I should play to mine. Can life be fulfilling if you don't have any long-term relationships? Is it a myth that people say that if you don't have one, you're just going to be old and lonely. You know, I'm starting to think maybe I should just do short-term relationships. Just forget about the whole game, you know. 
let me ask you what you think about that, and I'll tell you what I think about that. So I think that what, as soon as you stop looking for the long-term relationship, you find it. I, yeah. So here's something I've always hated about online dating is that it puts in your profile, what are you looking for? And I've always said, I'm looking for a short-term relationship, and I'm open to long-term. So it's like, I might meet someone and go, yeah, mm-hmm. you're someone. But they're like, oh, I only want guys who put in their profile looking for long-term. It's like, that's a real, to me, that's a red flag. If you say I'm looking for long-term relationships, like I'm looking for anyone who will accept me. That's a sign of desperation. That's a sign that there's something wrong. There's something wrong with me. You cannot. So uh, that's what it's sort of telegraphing. Yeah, you can't get to a long-term relationship without going through a short-term relationship. So when I met my yeah. wife, I was dating six or seven other women at the same time, some of whom she knew, some of whom she just found out about when she would see me out How do you have time for all that? And what happened is she made me want to stop spending time with the other women. I started just seeing the other women less and less until my wife was the only one standing. She's the one who won. And that creates a different type of starting point. So instead of it being like, oh, she's the first person who said yes, it's like, no, I had a lot of options. So that's why I don't have any desire to go and meet another person because I've already done that. So dating and having a lot of short-term relationships is fine. And guess what? All of my relationships before my wife were short. Every relationship I had before my wife ended in a breakup. <laughs> like People have this dumb idea that, oh, because you were in a five-year relationship, it means you'll be good at marriage. It doesn't, right? It just means you have a lot of ingrained habits from somebody else, right? That, that won't work in this relationship. You actually have a bunch of bad habits you have to break out of. So this idea that, oh, I've been in a couple of long-term relationships means I'm better at marriage than someone who's been in only short-term relationships. It's not true. There's no science or thing behind it. It's obviously all these bad habits. So my belief is that there's something going on. He puts in some couple of hints of why he can't have a long-term relationship. He says that I'm never loved when I'm vulnerable. Yeah. It's always the other side of me that women like, the flirt, the tease, the challenge, the bad boy. And then he says, um, you know, I, I changed in his relationship. You know, I wanted to be a good guy focused on simping. I never would have used that expression I mean, to make her happy because I thought she was worth it. And then she said, it's, when you change for someone, then they stop being in love with you anyway because you're no longer that person they fell in love with. And I think I realized at the end. So those, to me, are the two kind of red flags in what he says. Yeah. Because why would you change for somebody anyway? I mean, I don't think that's you, right. I don't want you're to always change gonna, somebody other than just naturally. Yeah, there's always you know, change that's part of a relationship, right? You're going to... There's an evolution, I would call it. I would say it's an evolution. Where hopefully, if it's a good relationship, you're getting to be a better person and you're realizing more about your partner, yourself, you're gonna the You're going to go through... But she's going to go, stop riding a motorcycle, get a minivan, stop playing in a band, spend more time coaching kids soccer. Okay. And that's what he's... And, but the problem is a lot of men... I think the bigger keyword is the word vulnerable women will tell you to be vulnerable and it's really hard to understand how to do that because most of the ways you're told to do that are very unattractive to women. If you just say to women, listen, what you said yesterday hurt my feelings. I felt like you didn't respect my opinion. She'll look at you like you're trash. I'll know that because every time I try that stuff, my wife gets really disgusted. She hates yeah, just ignore if your woman tells you to be more vulnerable, just ignore it. Just you know, don't do be it. Be vulnerable. Don't worry about it. You, if you're thinking of it as a spectrum, you want whatever you're thinking of, do 10% of that. So instead of saying, like, that's how I feel, say, like, you know what, that's annoying. That's what it really means is to say when something's annoying, I want to say, oh, I like that. That's as far as you want to go. It's exactly that. I can tell you that I experiment a lot. You want to still be the man in the relationship and you. If you're doing like 
if you switch to a point where you're simping, like that means you don't, you feel like you're beta in the relationship. Once you're in the, one of those positions, then it's just, she will go through the phases of less attraction, hate, and get disgust. But I have something interesting here. I want to jump, I want, I want to do one that's exciting. Okay, these are all kind of okay. sad. Let's do like a good, happy one. So I've got one that's really interesting, which is I'm 29. I'm divorcing my 20-year-old husband because he suggested an open marriage, but I've got some complicated feelings. Is she doing the right thing? So the husband is suggesting an open marriage, and she doesn't really want to do that necessarily. Is that what Yeah, the story she's leaving is? him. She doesn't? Okay. Yeah, well, I think she's doing the right thing. <laughs> I think that uh, if a man is suggesting an open marriage, it usually means that he's very, very addicted to porn and that he is um, desensitized to regular sexual conduct and that he's escalating to more and more extreme things. And uh, unless he stops that, if she get him to completely stop porn, uh, put porn blockers on the router and on his phone, she can, you know, all of those things, all these things. And if he really, really wants to stop in a few months, they can get out of this thing and, and no more open marriage. And he'll be really, really interested in her. So what she can do if she wants to save this is she can become very dictatorial and tell him, if you want to do things my way, I'll stay with you. <laughs> if you don't, I'll leave. And uh, she just insists all the rules, all the rules. Make him tell her what he's doing, like, you know, make sure he's not watching porn, that he doesn't have that, all of those things. And a lot of times the guy really can dig on that and really want a woman to be sort of somewhat of an authority. And she can start being more and more attracted to her, and then they can have a whole different basis of the relationship going forward. Do you think it's always the sexual element? Because I wonder if sometimes people say, I want an open marriage because they want to do we don't go on dates anymore. I want someone I can go on dates with, or I want someone who like for women, I think a lot of women, when they want open marriage, they actually don't want the, the physical intimacy. They want emotional intimacy, right? Cause that's how a lot of women cheat. And like women, as we've said in the past, women get more upset if you're in love with someone than if you just sleep with someone. It's like, that's even worse, the emotional adultery. So do you think it's always, I know a lot of it is the porn sexual thing, but do you think it's sometimes I want someone who, is just nice to me, especially if like you're having a tough time, your wife is always nagging, or do you think that's always goes to mistress, not this, because open marriage is just like, I want, I want permission to have a mistress, right? I've seen it where uh, a man will get permission from his wife and will have a relation, a physical relationship with another woman under certain, certain circumstances. And it's okay with her. And I think I've seen it the other way occasionally where she can have a physical relationship with another man and, and, and there's some kind of rules and it can be okay. But I, I, those things generally, they don't last very long and the marriage generally will fall apart. Usually they, one or the other one will want to close the marriage back up again. That, that doesn't last. It's not a stable relationship. So when you're at that point, usually it means it's going to either you're going to break up or you got to get rid of that and close it all off. Uh, if she's not getting her emotional needs met by her husband, then, uh, you know, he can try to <laughs> try to figure out maybe he's not listening, maybe he's not paying attention to her, maybe he's not spending enough time with her. And I'm always really big on um, cuddling and all of that, you know, physical contact, preferably without clothes, uh, 15, 20, 30 minutes a day. I think that will, in two or three weeks, turn a relationship around a lot of times. 
and get everyone into each other. Just that because we're, it increases the oxytocin, the hormonal aspect of it. It kind of really fixes almost everything uh, if, they're, if they're both willing to do that. Yeah, I feel like anytime you have a renegotiation in the marriage, you have a, it's a major problem. It doesn't end well. That's right. At best, it's not stable yeah, anymore. Yeah, what you can do is push the divorce back two years, right? Like that's what you're really doing is yeah. like you're not saving right. the bridge; it's still going to collapse. And because when I was younger, I used to ask people who were in marriages, like, "Why have you ever thought about switching to opening?" And it's like, "No, you, I don't know if you can start out from the game relationship open and it works out. I don't think so, but I think that's more likely to work than switching in the middle, right? Because at least it's you both." I've seen people do it, but they they've inevitably wanted to close it again. One or the other partner wanted and to. Then that usually, one of them you can't to. renegotiate no. back. Like that's the exactly the point is once you. That's right. It's very hard to switch things back. So I have one that I think you're going to really yeah. dig on here. I think this is interesting. Okay. So this guy has been with his wife, and he's saying, "Is it is it a bad sign that my wife calls me a good man? We've been together." We're married. We got empty nest. The kids are out of the house. I'm about to leave the military. My wife always talks about my steadfastness, my stability, how I take care of things. But she calls me a good man. But she never like calls me anything um, like a bad boy. He's like, I'm in a dangerous career. You know, I was in military, fight sports. I'm really good at lifting weights. Um, I run in marathons. And I drove a motorcycle. I worked as a bouncer, but she doesn't talk about me that way. And he's like, is this is the thing? Is it like, would you rather is like, shouldn't I want her to kind of point out my dangerousness and call me a bit of a bad boy? Like, is it a negative sign? And it's interesting because this is something usually at the beginning of relationship when a woman says he's a nice guy, she always says, but, but they've been together for a long time. And I, I think, and this is why I want your perspective, I think that when you've been together long enough that your kids have all left the house, that means you've been together 20 years, he's retiring age, that like you switch to that where it's like, yeah, the consistency is very valuable that like you're reliable and that's a good thing, but he still wants her to kind of acknowledge it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing um, in some ways, but it's also very unattractive. And I think what she's doing is she is neutering him in a sense, just like, uh, the woman does when you're meeting and she friend zones you and, you know, it's the same kind of thing. Oh, you're a great guy, you know, just not, you know, I just don't feel feelings for you, you know. You're just wonderful. You'll be wonderful for somebody, you know, just like that. So she's doing that in the marriage. And I think that what is this is code for is that you're not sexually exciting to me. That's what she's saying to him. Don't you think? That's what she's saying. So, she's saying I'm not we're not sure. sexually. She's excited. saying he's a good man. That's what I'm I not sure, right? Because he's not saying nice guy. Nice yeah. guy, I would know for sure. Good man is a strange term. For it's me. the same thing. It's the same okay. thing. Then it's it's a, the same he's, thing. You know, yeah. my, he's reliable. He's, he's a good guy. He's really a good man. He's wonderful. You know, like that. Who wants to hear that from their wife? Really, I understand this. I mean, better for her not to say that at all. So how does he? Okay. So then, how do you bring back? that dangerousness or that element of, I know how I do it, but I'm wondering what you think. I would say being more, you know, I'm going to answer something like this. I would say it's being more dominant in the bedroom. Honestly, it's um, it kind of comes down to that. I mean, that's the difference between a romantic relationship and a relationship just for friends. 
And if she's saying, oh, you're a really good man, you know, you're, I'm not attracted to you, because, but you're stable, then he has to change the physical relationship around. That's what I would say. Okay. If he has to do that, then it would be, he'll excite her. So attraction happens when there is tension. Sexual tension happens. Yes, it has to be tension. Has and to the be way tension. to create sexual tension is to create confusion or be like, I'm not really sure. So with, and this is my approach, is that number one, I love to start fights because I like to control the topic we fight about because if I don't start a fight, my wife will. When you start a fight, I like to start about a topic that I don't care about. So it's not about the end. It's about the experience. We have a short fight. Of course, it's going to go away because it's not tied to something where suddenly we start saying stuff we regret. Because I found when I let my wife start the fight, if I don't start enough fights, then that happens. And so throwing things that are like, I've brought up, I will do things like call my wife the name of a woman I was dating 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And it's like. Sure. She'll do this all out. She'll go, oh, why don't you just go get back together with so-and-so? I don't know that person's phone number anymore. I don't know what country they live in. Like, it's <laughs> impossible, right? I wish. <laughs> it's, it's much better for her to be jealous of someone like that than someone that, like, lives in our neighborhood, right? I would much rather. So that's why I choose someone that's so distant. But it's, like, it's certain names, like, trigger her really big time or... What I'll also do is fake phone calls in front of my wife where I'm like, oh, yeah, she's going to be gone all day tomorrow so you can come over. And then she'll come over like, hey, what do you – she always falls for it and she always gets really mad. I don't ever make phone calls. So that's how you, I never talk on the phone to anyone. My phone is always on silent mode. I do video calls like this, but I would never do a phone call. So it's, of course, always fake, but it creates a fun scenario. We can have a little fight about it. It's not a big deal. That's right. Um I think another, but I do things like, but, but it does, doesn't it? It, it boils down to being a little more exciting. And yeah, it has bedroom, to be, right? Oh, I mean, there's a possibility, basically. right? Like, and then That's another right. thing that I do, little challenge, when we're going little challenge down the road, um, in the open air taxi here, I'll wave to women at the side of the road. Well, not true. That's not true. There's usually no one there, but it's behind, I wave behind my wife. So she thinks I'm waving to another woman. And she's like, who's that? My kids even get involved now. My kid's like, who are you waving at? Because my kids will be like, there's no one over there, dad. Who are you waving at? And I was like, guys, it's part of the game. You have to do things that create a little bit of tension in your relationship, but not enough tension to cause a problem. That's where you create sexual tension. Um, most people are so busy thinking, oh, the only way to create sexual tension is to like, be really wild and do weirder and weirder stuff, right? To chase the street. You don't have to be really wild, but I think he... It needs to be more dominant. In right. the I'm saying I think most that's what she think, wants him to do. Oh, I have to be more yeah. like pornography. It's not extreme. But in fact, these small things I do, yeah. which seems silly, no. create a lot of tension. I say to my wife sometimes, like, I'll say to her things like, you know, I'm not sure that we should keep having a sexual relationship. Maybe we should just be roommates. Right. <laughs> and it like creates, like, she's like, what? And then she'll get wild on me. So she want that allows her to be attracted to me because it's like, what? So instead of letting it slowly now, dry, now, you now, do all now, these little things that are like silly, but they create tension. That's a, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so um, there's also the love languages thing, which I think there's a lot of merit to it. And in my relationship, I'll say things and she'll do things like her love language is cooking dinner or, you know, doing laundry or whatever. I mean, my love language is a bit more, more sexual and, and more verbal but there is a fact that people express their love in different ways. That's very, very true. And he said at the end, he said, should, um, 
If you must choose, should it be in the form of making your favorite meal, having her make your favorite meal, or greeting you at the door in nothing but lingerie? When she imagines you, should it be monkey wrench or monkey sex? That's so I like that. <laughs> so I would rather, well, that's what he's saying. I'd rather get I mean, my it's favorite obvious. meal. <laughs> I just... Well, I agree with you, of course, but... But you have to be this uh, sexual challenge. I think he just needs to be more dominant. He has to learn how to have her do things that she hasn't done before yeah, and, and kind of take charge and be the boss. To, exactly. And then I think she'll dig out him. Put in space yeah. in the relationship so she has room to kind of build attraction again. I don't think he has a major problem. I think this is very fixable. No. Which right. is good. It's, but it, but he doesn't, he shouldn't let it go. He, he knows enough to write about yeah. it and ask us about it. Shouldn't let it go because she will she will be tempted to stray if she's going to work and she meets someone else. It's just not a good situation. Uh, so I think he, he should be uh, taking charge right now and I think it'll be fine. So, well, I've got one. I have okay. one here for By you. Okay, go ahead. What's yours? Yeah. So I'll, I'll try and keep this short. This one's interesting. It's like my wife went to a Christmas party. She's like, Oh, we're going out of town. Everyone's married. Then it turned into, he found out that she picked up another guy from work and dropped him off, but she didn't tell her that original <laughs> version of the story. And then, of course, he's right. like, wait, what's you told me everyone there was married. And now it's suddenly there's other the story changed. And he's like, I got immediately suspicious. And then she yeah. got really angry that I would insinuate something was going on. And. I mean, I just, as soon as I hear that, right, like that's such a red flag and people get really upset. It's like the best way to kind of mask that they're guilty. See, 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 that's the thing. If Here's how to tell someone's lying. If they attack you, you know, what gives you a right to look at my phone? What are you accusing me of being, uh, what are you, you know, what's wrong with you? Why would you, accuse, if they attack you personally, they're guilty. Yeah. And then, it, of course. That's always the, it's, it's so easy really to figure that out. Yeah, and then he's like, um, in this case, he waits a couple of weeks and goes through her phone and surprise, this okay. other dude's calling her all the time. And yeah. now I'm like, yeah. is something going on now? It's possible that right now you're in the first phase where the other guy is just creeping on your wife, but they want on a trip it's together. It's possible like, that nothing has really it. happened. I think they went on a trip together. So exactly. It's gotten pretty far. It's gotten get, pretty far here. Right. Yeah. Once you have lying, you have a major problem, right? As soon as the story changes, it's like, why? let me put it this way. Imagine that, like, the police ask you some questions. You go, oh, I didn't even leave the house that night. And they go, we have a picture of you leaving the house. You go, oh, yeah, but I didn't go to that neighborhood. And they go, we have a picture of you arriving in that neighborhood. Yeah, I went there, but I was doing something else. It's like because of the first three lies, now they're like, oh, you're definitely the one who did it, right? That's the same thing here is that when the story starts to shift from – Right. Oh, I was right. just, you know, going to a trip. Oh, I picked him up. It's not a big deal. Oh, I also yeah. dropped him yeah. off. Well, now it's you went on a trip with the guy, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like now it's like you went on vacation with someone a yeah. weekend away. So yeah. I think that. And also Christmas party. A lot of things happen at Christmas oh my parties. Gosh. People get drunk and they do a lot of things. I mean, you know, that's that's a red flag. I think the guy shouldn't have let her go to a Christmas party by herself. I think that was a big mistake. Well, the thought, well. But. Sometimes okay. I mean, I think like you're watching the kids or something. There but are going out of town. There are, but is very. Yeah. Whenever you're doing trips, it's very dangerous. The fact that like an out of town Christmas dodgy. party is so weird. It's pretty dodgy, it's like, man. So here's the thing: if if he wants to continue this, I I think there's only one way to do this and say, okay, so you lied to me about this or that. 
here's the conditions in which I will continue with you is I have the right to look at your phone any and all times. You know, I'm going to look at your computer, your phone. You're going to give me all your passwords. And that's how we're going to go for a while. And you're not to contact this person again. He has to set these rules down and have a total transparency. And then he has to check. And I think after that, if he does that for a while, you know, things can, things can move back to, uh, to a better place. I don't think that you can trust somebody. And if you don't trust them, you should be very clear about the new ground rules. Yeah. And this is how people that have cheating, how they get past it. It's through this transparency. So it's the only way. My wife goes through my phone all the time. Okay. Because she's a little bit paranoid, I guess. And I just don't care. I don't even know her password. Like, I can't be bothered to go through her phone. because I have, like, a high level of confidence because mm-hmm. of our situation. Like, And I'm like, she'll, but she'll come at me sometime. And she's like, who's this woman texting you all the time? I'm like, that's my mom. I've had that conversation more than once. She's like, it's yeah. my Well, she's yeah, right. I, I mean, she should nothing, be right. like, yeah. Not so dumb. But it's fine. But also it's a good fight because it's like not again, I like fights that are not dangerous. But yeah. You exactly. Yeah. So you have to figure out what you're okay and not okay with. Like and people that are like really sense if you have something in your phone that you don't want your partner to see, you have a problem. So if she's like, Oh, you don't trust me, that's very yeah. nice. I'm like, listen, if you don't want me to have access to your phone, it tells me there's something going on. The only reason you want me to have access is yeah. like because exactly. I don't think it's a I don't think it means my wife doesn't trust me. Like, I don't see it that way. Like, it's not a, I just don't care. I do. I put stuff in there sometimes. Will I change my mom's name to a woman's name sometimes just to create something? Of course. Right. But, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, but you, if you really, if the person like goes, why would I give you access to my phone? That tells you right away, right? That, the, cause I don't think it's a big deal, but people act like, oh my gosh. Well, in our, in our, in our relationship, we're spending, you know, together and romantic physical relationship a couple hours a day and all that it's hard to imagine why would how would anybody do anything why would they and i mean it just doesn't make any sense you got one for me oh yeah i do actually so this is um okay these are a couple that are making pretty good money each of them are making pretty good money which i think is an interesting thing they said they save a lot of their income and they allocate X dollars a month for like hobbies, luxury goods. So they got it all budgeted out, right? And the husband is spending his money, his X dollars for golf. Well, the woman, she says that she's using hers on things like running and baking, which are less expensive. And so she's thinking, you know, um, I, I just think that you know, although we're working on these rules, I think that he's, you know, kind of in a way, it's sort of a form of cheating in a sense. Why is he, you know, spending all this money on his own stuff? You know, I mean, yeah, theoretically, it's okay, but I'm doing it on things like running that don't cost much or baking, which is good for everyone else, you know, whereas he's just doing it on selfish things, you know, and then he accuses me when he had this discussion, you know, I spend a little bit of money on something myself. Uh, and he says, oh, you committed financial infidelity. <laughs> um, so I think that's a weird relationship to have this whole dynamic, don't you think? Okay, so the money, you're all, every marriage has fights about money. Like that's the most common thing me and my wife fight about. It's just normal. You're all, it just happens. However, right, money is a I'm more into the fact that he said financial infidelity. Infidelity. He's cheating on her. Yeah. I think it's that thing where because you're so guilty of something that you make a bigger accusation to kind of mask 
<laughs> like you want to shine the light at her. Or you suspect somebody of exactly what you're it's doing. It's such right? a weird thing to say. Um, and what she's, but she's also guilty of something, which is uh, gathering offenses. So she slowly let this feeling grow of, well, his hobby's more yeah. expensive than mine. It justifies me doing something that kind of breaks our arrangement. So I understand where he's coming from being like, wait, this was our deal. But she's like, well, I've been slowly growing, right? What she's describing is she's slowly been growing an offense or slowly been growing this negative feeling. And now it's burst into, so I took action. And well, also he, he said he's spending money on golf. So, you know, golf, I know it's very, you spend four or five I hours. Understand that, but they're well, not, no, no, no. I'm not talking about the, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the time. It's about four or five oh. hours to play golf. So he's away a lot playing golf now he may not really be playing golf all that time yeah but I, it's a lot of time to spend away on a weekend a lot of time i don't really understand uh, golf people that like the like i don't you know a lot of people play golf to be away from their wife for a long time to me it's like i wouldn't want to do right. golf unless she's doing right. it with me like i don't want to be away from my wife uh, me too. all weekend so i don't understand that i don't have that type of marriage i agree with you completely. if she wanted to go play if she was willing to go with me i would play golf it's kind of could be fun to be outdoors and everything but yeah. i i'm never going to go spend half of three quarters of the best part of the oh day gosh. by myself or with other people why would i do that i, mean, I, no I don't know that. if i could do 18 holes as well maybe nine like just the thought of like a four yeah. hour thing it's a lot so yeah yeah so a lot of this <laughs> is there's a there's some cracks in their marriage that they have to you have to when something bothers you, you have to bring it up sooner, not later. And that's part of what happened here is like, she didn't like the negotiation. If she felt like, you know what? Our balance shouldn't be hobby for hobby. It should be cost. It's like, oh, you're, if you're spending this much on golf, I can spend this much on something else and I can set it aside. It just goes to my side of the budget. That's fine. They didn't have that negotiation. So yeah. he thought hobby for hobby. Okay. She chose a cheap hobby. That's her decision. So he's seeing it one way, she's seeing it, and it, you just need to renegotiate or re-talk about that. So they just well, then she switched, and she spent $5,000 on something for her hobby, and that's what he got all upset. He has no right to be upset about that because that's the rules that they set for themselves. They set up an yeah. allowance. What do you think about allowances? So, I mean, if you're a sugar daddy, that's how you got to do it. You set her up with her allowance. Um, yeah. So exactly. if you're... You know, the one of the methods of um, money management or budgeting is the envelope method, right? So you have one envelope for yeah. rent, one envelope for each category. Yeah. So if one of you makes money and one of you doesn't, that's what we have in my situation is that you can do, mm-hmm. here's your um, different envelopes for the month. And one of the envelopes is your entertainment budget, right? And that could be called an allowance, I guess. Like this is, you can spend on whatever you want, right? This is your... You can spend it on doing your hair. You can spend it on new clothes. You can spend it on going out for drinks with your friends. Like it goes into it's basically her entertainment budget. Because I wouldn't give my wife an allowance to pay the electric bill. Like I wouldn't call it that. So I don't think that's what it means. <laughs> she does go and pay the electric bill, right? But I don't think of it as like, oh, that's your money for the month. So I think that it makes sense if it's like, here's part of our budget. This is your entertainment budget. This is my entertainment budget. Things like that. But um, again, it's kind of a tradition. If you have a traditional relationship, it's like that way. I think that I don't have a problem with it. I think that's what we have with, in our relationship. Like, like I, I agree. I agree. You know. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't have a problem with it either. 
Um, but, you know, I think sometimes, especially if both of them are making money, in this case, they're both making good money, there tend to be a competition that's not necessarily healthy between a husband and a wife. See, that's what I get here. Yeah, it's... Resentments and competition. I think it works better if one partner makes more money than the yeah, other it's... one, typically. It's funny because you think that like, oh, if we both make a lot of money, we won't fight about money anymore. And it's not true because then it becomes... It's worse. And there's also like, there's in every relationship I've ever seen, there's our money and then there's the money the wife makes. Like it's never, it doesn't get pulled in the same way. And you just have to know going in, that's just how things are going to be and kind of figure that out. And that's why, like, I don't care if my wife works because it wouldn't contribute to the marriage that much anyways. Just not how... <laughs> right, that's why guys don't care that much that women have careers. They think it's so important. It's like, yeah, well, I'm not going to get access to that money, so why would I care? Well, I was very fortunate because I married a woman that made very good money, and for a while I didn't make very good money, and she carried the carried the load. Um, and now she still does some work, but it's more like because she enjoys it, not because she has to. And I make the money, and it's kind of nice. But it was really never a point where we both made really good money. It was either her or me. Yeah. I think that's easier. It's uh, I think if both of them are making money and they're both sort of competing and they're talking about allowances and interest, yeah. that's a red flag. There's a lot going on that's sort of uh competitive, it's unhealthy. I agree. Okay. Do you have uh do you have another one? Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about prenups. So this one is, is, is mm. I is it crazy that I want to call off the wedding because she thinks the prenup is unfair? So he's been with this girl three or four oh. years. He's like two or three years older than him. Like they're both 20s. Like he's like 26. She's 24. Uh, sorry, no, the girl's 26. The boy's 24. He's actually younger than her, right? And he's like, I just found out my girlfriend's okay. pregnant. And she goes, I'm not going to have the kid unless we're married. She's making what I call a power play, right? She's making a move. Because mm -hmm. she's basically saying... If you don't marry me, I'm going to kill the hostage. That's what I'm hearing. So already it's like free word. And he goes, okay. So I, she really wants to get married. And I'm not 100% against it. But I definitely, let's just say I'm not as keen on it as her. So they're talking prenup. And then she's like really pushing against it. Because it's like what I want is really different. You know, she wants... The huge wedding. This is important as well. These and this is why you don't want to get pregnant before you know if this is the right person. But basically, everything she wants is expensive, and who should pay for it? Him. And then you know, what do you think about prenups? Like I have a prenup. I think that in this case, I understand why they would have one, but they're very young. So I have to assume that they, that one or, one of them is rich. Because if he's not rich, why does he want a prenup? You have to have something to protect. Yeah, he is. To benefit he makes from the prenup. four times more money than her. He owns property. He's had his lawyer draw. He's okay. Lawyer. So he has a reason to have a prenup. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so, so he has a reason to have one. So I think it's reasonable to have one. I think it's a very reasonable thing to do if you have assets to have a prenup. But I also think that when you're that young and you're talking about it, it's also a way of kind of avoiding the marriage. I mean, he doesn't really want to get married, I think. He just wants to have the kid, but he doesn't really want to get married. I think married. that he's kind That's of got getting. open eyes. So I th here's my personal opinion. Yeah, I actually think that sure. prenups should be mandatory. I don't think you should be allowed to get married without a prenup. I think that would remove I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Yeah. it. You know what it is? Is that 
here's a lesson I learned from one of my friends in my mid twenties. He goes, listen, whenever I meet a girl and she says, I want to be your girlfriend, he goes, well, what does that mean? And I was like, what? And he goes, every single girl gives me a different definition. Some girls say, I know women who've said, my gr- I'm your girlfriend. That means I only sleep with you in this city. I know women, their definition of girlfriend is they can sleep with whoever they want as long as in a different zip code. And I was like, wow. And there's all, But there's also women who say, oh, your girlfriend means that you and me spend together, we're together every day. Some women say, oh, I see you twice a week. So people have different definitions of girlfriend. So it's important to say, well, right. what does... What is your definition of marriage? What is the financial responsibility? So putting it down, it's the same as you know how bands. I don't see anything wrong with bands that. go through this yeah. nightmare because it's the same thing. When you start an emotional thing, bands go, "Oh, why would we have a contract? We're friends." And what happens? It always ends in a nightmare. That's not true of any business. Yeah, people are partners. Like, then when something gets very successful, then they get at each other's throats. Our, and if it fails, they're at each other's throats too. So it's so just our bad. prenup is only one page. It's not really complicated. Okay. It covers a few specific scenarios. What happens if we both die? What happens with the kids? What happens with finances? Like, what's the agreement? And it's not complicated. Basically, it's like she promises not to take advantage of the fact that this is her home country to disappear with the kids. And I promise not to take the kids out of the country with their passports. Like, stuff like that. Um, really small things. But it's, like, better to bring that up, right? It's like, I won't do something really messed up with the kids, and neither will you. That's a lot for one page. Well, I promise That's I won't steal lot. the kids. Um, okay, so I don't have one. And I'll just say at this point, we have multiple trusts and we have, you know, all kinds of wills. I mean, a living will, a pour over will, a do not resuscitate, a medical directives. and blah, 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 blah. We've all gone through all that. And, and we keep them refreshed. So... We didn't have a prenup, but we've sort of formalized things as we've gone along as we've built something together. But I do agree with you. A prenup's a good idea in this case. Yeah. So. I do think so. But it just doesn't sound like he wants to get married, though, really. He wants to have the yeah. baby. But he doesn't really want to get I mean, married. She sounds, That's what it's, and he's young. Why should he have to get yeah. married? He's 20 years old. You know, it's really interesting it's how people want these really extravagant weddings. A lot of people get like a wedding loan and to. She wants an extravagant wedding, right? He doesn't want one. He wants to just have some friends and close family, and she wants a huge wedding. I think that's what it's... So I've got another one. Same thing. Two came in about prenups this week. So my fiance is two years older than me. The woman's 26. This time the guy's 28, and he said, um, you want... And it's the same thing as happening, right? She's like, oh, you know, I was trying to figure out a wedding. In my culture, the man pays for it, and in his culture, the woman's family pays for it. And, like, I figured out... $10,000 $10,000 is not enough for a wedding. We need to spend more than that. That's way more than my wedding costed. Right. And it's like, they're talking about things like money from the parents and this and that. And then he's like, listen, you know, we got, we got to do a prenup. And I think this here, right? She's here's what's interesting. She's sick. She got a diagnosis that she might have cancer. And he's like, Whoa, I need a prenup just in case mm. you have cancer. Which Come is, on. I don't think, the best way to phrase it. Wow. <laughs> like, it's like, wow. Not a good way to say it. So, the thing about a marriage is that theoretically you're in it for the forever. So, if your partner gets really sick, you have to hang in with them and take care of them and all that. That's kind of part of the deal. I work with men of all ages, and I have men that are 70, 80, 90, in their 90s. And sometimes 
the, they had many, many years where their wife was had dementia or some sickness. Of course, it works the other way around. A lot of times a man has problems. A woman takes care of him. Yeah, and that's kind of a reality of a relationship if it goes long enough. So if you're contemplating marriage with somebody and you see some red flags where they may not be that kind of person, then maybe you don't want to get married to that person. Maybe that's a signal from God or the universe telling you that they're not going to be a long haul person for you. Yeah. Like I, she's like, oh, I just opened up a separate bank account so I can only pay my cancer bills from that. Like we can't pay cancer from the joint account. Yeah. I mean, what, how big of a red flag does she need that it's not the right fit? Like if, you know, we have been, you're going to have in every marriage medical stuff. Because everyone has medical stuff in their lives. You just can't go through your entire life without ever getting sick. No one gets sick in the family. So yeah, your health is going to be is going to be a problem. And it could be very significant. The only reason to get married, well, there's two reasons. One is if you're having kids and you want to provide them additional legal protections. The second reason is that the back, you're really thinking about the future. Being married means a lot more when you're 60, 70, 80. That's when you really need someone you can rely on. It makes a lot more difference, right? Those are the two areas where it really matters the most. And it's like very interesting how so many people are entering marriage and they're just thinking about it as like a five-year or 10-year thing. And maybe we should have those. Like you could just do, oh, we just have a five-year contract. A lot of women think about the big wedding. You know, a lot of women, especially, they think about the wedding. The marriage is like having a big wedding. That's and whatever comes after that isn't uh, considered. So very here's much. a really you know, good test. I've seen that a lot. That I think here's a really good test I recommend for guys. This is one that I do. I say, listen, we can have a really extravagant wedding, or I can take that money and do a down payment on a great house, so we have a great place to raise kids. Most women will choose the wedding, and that means you need to jump ship because it's a one day thing, and it's like insane. It's like the way I had a friend from high school, his sister. Had a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar wedding, so I've been to like a crazy wedding. There were five hundred or a thousand people there. I don't know. The entire church was full, and I was sitting in the back row. That's all I remember. It was a big church, so it was hundreds of people. And they were divorced within like four years. And his next sister is like, "Listen, I got it." She had like a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar wedding, and she was divorced in like three years. So, I felt for his dad. I was like, "Man, he just." spent half a million dollars on these two weddings. And and it was like, you are looking at the wrong thing. We've turned weddings into this way more than it needs to be. And it's celebrating the wrong things. Like our wedding, $100 or something like that. We didn't even get to choose the day we got married on. We wanted to get married on Christmas. And then, and then the uh, mayor, the I mayor remember. was like, I saw your, me. It's like you get married today. I'm going out of town. Like, so it's different well, culture, but we had a party for our that's wedding. That's fine. We had a, and that was very nice. Um, but my dad didn't go because he said, "Well, he said you're not really having a ceremony, and I'm not going to go just for a party." Oh, that's weird. So my dad never went, and he never met any of my in-laws. Never knew anybody. Yeah, I mean, family, uh, my wife's family, and and he thought it was really dumb on his part and kind of lame. Um, there's so many moving parts. I think a party is a good idea. It doesn't have to be a big party. I know someone had a party with soft drinks because they couldn't afford alcohol. Yeah, you know, you do that's cash fine. Bar. Whatever. You can My afford. oldest sister, yeah. her cash wedding bar. was in a, um, uh, 
like a veterans hall of some kind. I can't remember. It was like, or an armory. It was like, mm-hmm. she rented the place out for like a hundred dollars. One of the best yeah. weddings I've ever been to. It was so much fun. And it was like, the band was her friends. One of her other friends did the lights. It was like really controlled budget. And then I've been to wedding. I told you I went to a quarter million dollar wedding. My sister's wedding, like really was one of the most fun weddings I've ever been to. So you, the, and again, you know who doesn't enjoy the wedding? It's the people getting married. It's never you enjoying it anyways, because you're so busy going from the position to the position of the photographer, trying to talk to each person, doing each yeah. thing. Oh, we have to sure, it's take each other's faces. It's always multi- and there's always multiple family arguments. Yeah, it's- there's um, all sorts of of uh, things that come to the fore. This person won't talk to this. Don't seat these next to these people. I I find weddings if I'm not involved in the family, very entertaining to attend because there's so much to look at, to watch. There's so this behavior that you can see. It's so, they're so, they're so uh, interesting and revealing. How do you um, feel but, about um, destination weddings? I think it's a great idea. Where everyone has, because it's, it's well, it's cheap. Okay. I'll tell you that it's cheap because only the, People super committed are going to go. Basically, you're telling everybody, "Screw you! You're not important to me unless you can, you know, fly, have a money to fly in." And and I I mean, it depends on your situation, but I can understand it because it's a lot cheaper. You don't offend people, you know, that way. We're having our wedding in Jamaica, so you know, hope you can go. Okay, and then most people don't go. I don't like the one where it's a destination wedding, and if you don't come, it means you're not my friend. It's like, well. That's not cool. The no, purpose right. of the destination wedding. Yeah. I like what you're saying. Yeah. If it's to get people to not, so not that many people come. But if your purpose is yeah. to like, and not offend have your them. friends, spend money to prove they care about you. That I don't like. No, 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 no. It's just to not offend people. You're only going to have family and friends. If you do that in the states, and you're in the states, then there's going to be all these people offended. Well, why didn't you invite me? Well, how come I wasn't? You know, they're going to be angry. Yeah. If you say, "Oh, I'm having the wedding in Jamaica. Hope you can come." Most people won't come. They yeah. don't even have a passport. We've added these and, uh, elements to weddings that are really <laughs> expensive. Like the sit-down dinner element is so yeah. expensive. Like all of that part, if you yeah. just switch it to buffet of finger foods right. and cash bar, right. you, and then right. you really and then yeah. the music doesn't have to be that expensive. Um, it just doesn't. You don't need a live no. band. You can have a DJ that. You could hire wedding a DJ DJs. that's not that expensive. You don't have to hire the world class DJ. Their wedding DJs DJ. are very, very good at it, and they're not that expensive because it's their, they just do weddings all the time. You don't have to pay fifty thousand dollars for your DJ. Yeah, but you know what, uh, Jonathan? It's a status thing for people. So much weddings are such a status yeah, thing. I hate. I mean, um, here where I live, actually, it happens with the kids' birthday parties. So there are certain parents yeah. here who throw twenty. Forty, fifty thousand dollar birthday parties for their kids, and it's like, is it like a sixteenth or something no. like that? The Mexicans have the no, quinceanera, like, which is uh, a no, big every thing. Year they do it, and it's how certain parents compete. Oh. Then other parents oh, will do like a yacht party. So we kind of, I was like, right. I'm not getting involved in that. But it's the same thing kind of happens here. Which one of the ways you show your status is by throwing like a crazy party for your kids, and it's like very much. I was like, I don't want to get pulled into that world, but it's the same thing happening. But yeah, the problem with a wedding is if it's not about people don't realize the wedding is not the end. It's the start, right? It's that's when things. Yeah. yeah and, and you're better off taking all the money you spent on a wedding and putting it into a house yeah, or, or just or something like listen. that. It's just so wasteful. Like, oh, once I, so wasteful. Because a lot of people think 
People think, oh, we're having problems. A marriage will solve our problems or a kid will solve our problems. Here's a secret. Being married is hard. Okay. Every marriage is different. All the advice you've had from everyone else is bad. No one really has, knows what your marriage is going to be like. And everyone's version is different. Like to me, marriage is you're handcuffed to someone for the rest of your life, but you get to choose who it is. Right. You're never alone, <laughs> With but that. you're also never alone. Right. That's the difference. So, yeah. But at the end of the day, I, I, and I, and I, and I have to say, I love marriage. I got very lucky. Um, I'm going to be in 40 years pretty soon. And I just am thrilled every day, honestly. Um, I, could, I couldn't be happier with it, but I think I'm an exception rather than the rule. But uh, we have to end our call right now. But I want to ask you, if you enjoy this, what I want you to do is um, like and subscribe and hit the bell icon so you'll get a notice. Because if you enjoy hearing us, you know, chatter about all this, you'll enjoy it wherever you are. You go, oh, good, another podcast. And you can listen to it wherever you are. Entertaining, interesting, and helpful for you. Um, if you enjoyed this, we have a video here that you would like, another video that I think would be super cool. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much.